Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time for more Deep Fried Thoughts from Michael Friedberg and special guest today, Nick Martin of The Pro's Closet. Look forward to your chat. All right, I'm here with Nick, like George said, who in addition to being a great athlete, an amazing businessman, is also one of my best friends. I uh, actually kind of got my start in cycling with Nick. He and uh, Ross Schnell took me out to Battle the Bear, which I think was my second bike race ever. So I think where I want to start with Nick today is uh, with Nick Martin, the athlete. Cool. Thanks for having me, Mike. Always a pleasure to be in your restaurant and sitting across the table from you. Um, Nick Martin, the athlete. I'm not an athlete by genetics, for sure. I was more of a stubborn um, person that enjoyed riding their bike and was persistent and consistent and did it a lot and pretty much dedicated my life for you know, about six, seven years to racing and riding my bike. So didn't come didn't come naturally, so it was a hard road. And most people probably don't know that you played golf at a fairly high level before cycling. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, when I tend to go into things, I go into them full throttle and fully immerse myself in them. And golf was my initial sport in college and high school. And got into cycling because I would ride my bike to the golf course at 6 a.m. when I was in high school and play golf 27 holes and then ride my bike home afterwards. So. By nature, I started riding my bike more and playing golf less, but um, I was a fat kid growing up, so it was a, it was a good lesson and uh, taught me a lot. So um, golf is a, is a sport of patience, and I, I still take that with me every day, but I've only played t- at two bachelor parties since, since college. <laughs> and one of the things that's been really cool, um, both being your friend and kind of from the outside looking in, is uh, I think a lot of athletes turned business people, there's this really big dovetail where all of a sudden you know, they make the decision to get out of sports and into something else. And, you know, your sort of brand embodiment is one of the coolest stories. Can you tell us a little bit about how your pro career um, transferred into the the founding of the Pro's Closet? Absolutely. And um, in a previous podcast of yours, I was listening to Bobby's conversation and just about how his um, his outlook on being an athlete was it was a hobby for him. And then he was always um, nurturing his professional world as well, and I think that's really important because very few people can make a- being an athlete, you know, a living and a full-time job. And I was lucky to stumble into my next chapter organically, and I was living in a van in Rochelle's front yard in Grand Junction, Colorado, and 
um, was living a very simplistic life and sold everything I owned on eBay. And I'm still a minimalist to this day. It's something I'm very passionate about. And that transition into um, selling things online, I realized I didn't have to work. I could use what I already had. And I did that for about four years and, and was exclusively riding my bike. And that brought me to the level of you know racing professionally. But then transitioning out of that, I realized um, my teammates started asking me to sell stuff, um, my mechanics, my team managers. And before I knew it, I had a you know storage unit slash garage full of other people's stuff that I was selling on eBay. I was actually got kicked out of the Grand Junction Library. Good story for using a tape gun because I didn't have a computer so I would borrow their computer and ship everything out of the Grand Junction Library and surrounded by homeless people and got kicked out of uh, the library for using a tape gun in there. So and that's an amazing you know that's an amazing brand embodiment. Can we talk about minimalism a little bit? I think that yeah. When you have these incredibly equipment-intensive sports like cycling, right. there's much more of a hoarder's mentality than a minimalist mentality. Can yeah. you talk to us a little bit about what minimalism is to you? Man, minimal—I mean, minimalism is is one of my core values. I've been getting rid of one thing a day for probably four years now. I'll like walk around my house and I'll look for something to get rid of. I'm like, have I used this? Does it inspire me? Um, have I used it in the last six months? If I haven't, I can probably borrow that item if I need it. So. I literally have most of my closets in my house are empty, and um, it's that freedom and that mental freedom that, you know, being a minimalist gives me that really, um, it really gets me excited about it. But, um, yeah, I'm a, I'll be a minimalist for life, and that's kind of the um, impetus of the pro's closet. You know, it's the greenest way to shop is buy something that already exists, and I always look to buy used before I buy new, including things in our shop. and. That has organically turned into our business model. Yeah. And speaking of that, you guys are uh, doing some pretty amazing things right now. I know one of the kind of big ideas that's coming out of the pros closet right now is a trade-in program. Mm -hmm. um, can you walk us through a little bit what that's going to look like? Absolutely. We've, we've realized in our space, um, you know, we're 100% online and... Um, the bike industry is changing. The, the retail partners, the IBDs are are looking for different ways to do business and we are the world's largest used bike shop and we're still really small. So what we're doing is partnering with local shops to help them unlock the value that's in their customers garages and pre-approve the value of their trade up their bikes so they know that they can walk into their bike shop and trade it up to a new bike and that money stays in the shop. We take that used bike and then we um, part it out and sell it on eBay. Very cool. And so I know another huge passion of yours is uh, vintage bikes. Yeah. Um, and so you guys have been kind of curating this um, amazing museum. I love it when you guys put out a new video because I'm pretty new to the sport. So it's yeah. really fun to kind of be spoon fed the, the cool history. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the vintage bikes? Absolutely. It's, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And it ties back into the used, you know, used side of things. Given the nature of our business, we have all kinds of crazy cool bikes come through our shop all the time. And I'm really passionate about history. And you get to learn a lot from these old bikes and see how our sport has evolved over time and see how technology has changed and how the trail, the trail experience has changed. Um, you know, we have access to a lot more um, terrain now than we used to back in, you know, 1980 when they were doing the Pearl Pass in Crested Butte and the California and the Colorado scenes were converging and people were just starting to get out on their mountain bikes and exploring. And it's cool to curate these bikes and actually see... Um, what they used to ride and preserve pieces of history. We have bikes that have won world championships, bikes that have won national championships, um, prototypes. We have over 100 bikes in our museum currently, and 
and it's growing and people can come into our shop and, and tour that facility and also go online and, and view all the bikes there and, and watch all those videos. Very cool. And it's fun to see kind of the first iterations of things that are just now um, sort of being ubiquitous in cycling. Like the, you guys have this bike in there that blew my mind that was uh, kind of an external clutch derailleur thing that was probably, what, 30 years old, and, and now it's just, just now kind of becoming the norm. Yeah, it's funny. What's old is new again. You see a lot of these concepts, even wheel sizes, be experimented with back in the day, and um, it, it, always, it comes back around, and whether it's a clutch derailleur, that was actually Kurt Stockton's kamikaze bike from 1994, and he went like 70 miles an hour down a fire road in that thing, and um, had two rear shocks on it. And you know, it's you ex- they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what's st- stuck back then. And it's cool to see how that progressed over time. What's your uh, favorite bike in the collection right now? Um, I have become. Um, the more and more I get into it, the more and more passionate I get about the really early stuff and it's the rarity and, and just the simplicity and the beauty in the bike. And we have um, an early Breezer um, built by Joe Breeze, um, one of the innovators of our sport. And um, the story behind how we got that bike was really cool. It was going to be crushed in a dumpster and they realized it was nickel plated. Huh. And the guy who was working there gave us a call and said, hey, this bike, because he Googled Breezer and we had just done a blog post on him, we don't know what metal this is. It's got a coin on the top of it. I can tell it's something special. It didn't fall in our normal protocol. Um, it's a Breezer. I was like, wow, send me a, send me a photo of this thing. And, um, you know, there's only, Joe Breeze only made less than, you know, 65 bikes. And we saved it from the dump. And it's, it's a beautiful nickel-plated um, bike from 1983, I believe. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so switching back to... To business, you know, kind of watching you uh, grow this thing from getting kicked out of a Grand Junction library to kind of seeing you run it out of the um, Trek Volkswagen setup and and all the iterations of your space. Um, I've always been really impressed. I feel like you have um, not the pejorative sense of comparing you to Steve Jobs, but you kind of have that you kind of have that vision and you've been able to cast a big vision and kind of follow through on that. And so I just kind of want to hear a little bit more about um, you know, how you translated uh, everything you learned in athletics to being so successful in business. Yeah, well, thank you for comparison to Steve. I don't know if I can um, (laughs) fully own that, but I have a vision and I definitely stick to my vision and um, to some detriment probably over time. But, um, you know, we've stumbled across a great opportunity to do something nobody else is doing and that we're really passionate about and we're very thankful for that. I mean, that clarity of vision that, you ha- that you've had, you know, to see it through to this point is, is just amazing to me. Thank you. And I feel like we're just starting every yeah. day. And um, the, to, to tie it into athletics, athletics and business, um, we, I would make a business, I would make a training plan every year. The Joe Friel Diary, it was part of my process yeah. every year, and yeah. I'd follow it to the T. And, you know, that planning process is really important for me in business, too. And it's harder to translate from a in a business um, context. Actually, it was easier for me to be like, okay, all I have to do is ride my bike for three hours today, or all mm. I have to do is sleep, you know, all day today, or drink coffee all day today. It's it's a lot harder in business than it is in athletics because it's just me in athletics and mm. in business. Now we've got you know a little over thirty employees, and it's a lot of people's lives that you're responsible for and care about, and it's become a little bit more complicated. That's awesome. Um, when so I've been kind of asking my guests uh, four standardized questions. So let's get into those. What's the best um, advice that you were given during your athletic career? 
Yeah, um, you know, I listen to your past podcasts, and I can relate to a lot of their answers. And coming at it in, in a little different um, from my athletic career, I had the opportunity and luxury of training with Travis Brown, and he was one of the best bike handlers and students of the sport that I've ever met. And he, he may not remember, but he told me something really simple one day, and um, it was just to stay relaxed and and specifically relax your face. Huh. Like, even at the start line, so I'd always, I'd be, like, it'd be my mantra as I was racing, I was just like, stay relaxed, because it it's way more fluid that way. And if you feel like how much stress we hold in our face every day, and if you just totally relax that, if you take a second to do that, you realize how much energy you're, you're wasting and, and to do that while you're racing and I like breathe into my arms when I was racing a lot huh. and try to just keep my shoulders super relaxed and my arms really relaxed and just kind of take it as it comes and and Travis was was great at that he always he always seems very relaxed very cool so what's the best advice you could give an athlete um I would I was really bad at it so I would you know do what I do what I say, not what I do, kind of thing. But rest as hard as you hard as you train. I would. I was a pro trainer. I would train every day. I loved riding my bike, and I, to my own detriment, I would overtrain. So, really taking time to relax and nurture yourself, and and kick those feet up, and and literally rest as hard as you train. And what would you say your biggest strengths were in your cycling career? Biggest strengths, man. Um, consistency. You know, I was I was really stubborn and and trained, trained my butt off every day. And, you know, I've, I trained more than most of my teammates. And part of that reason, I probably was a little tired at the races too. So it was maybe my strengths turned into my weaknesses as well. But mm. I was really passionate about it and I loved doing it. And um, my, my mental game too, I think was really strong. Um, you know, I, I had a very positive attitude when I was racing and would try to keep positive thoughts, even in the, even in the 24 hour races that we would do or the solo stuff, it was, mm. Um, really trying on and staying mentally positive was really important. And how did you decide it was time to be done with uh, professional cycling? Um, I got married and (laughs) that was a a short stint, but it made me face the real world. And I'm genetically, it just, I just didn't have it. I was, I was training my ass off and, you know, barely getting close to the top 10 at the Norba nationals. And um, it, it just wasn't in my genes and the pros closet at the time was really gaining some momentum and uh, this is where I needed to um, throw my hat in the ring so I, I stepped back and um, was very thankful for the lessons I learned. Cool. So switching gears back to business, what's the best advice you've been given in your uh, career as, you know, yeah. as a businessman off the bike? Well, I get advice all the time from, I'm <laughs> lucky to be in a community like Boulder where I'm, you know, like yourself, you know, I'm surrounded by people that are running their own businesses and are very successful and are, are stepping outside the box. So I have a lot of great conversations, learning something new every day, but something I actually was in a conversation last week with a, a mentor of mine named Haas, who is one of the founders of um, Wild Oats and Alfalfas, and now is on the board of directors at Whole Foods, and I really respect his approach to business. And it goes back into the resting as hard as you train. is like you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of others, and um, focusing on doing that and being... A, you know, there for myself, whether it's, you know, getting out and riding more and eating the right foods and getting enough sleep. And, um, I only can be there for my employees and my customers if, if I'm on game for that. So I look at it a lot like racing. So I'm preparing mentally and physically, um, Mm -hmm. to do my job. That's interesting. Do you find yourself always kind of going back and forth between, uh, you know, athletic lens that, 
that you grew up with and kind of turning that on yourself and your business? Absolutely. They're very parallel and um, it's, they're all valuable lessons. I, my mom never was disappointed that I was living in my van in Grand Junction racing my bike. It was, I was learning a lot of lessons and she was very proud of that. So um, I encourage anybody that's young and, and racing to keep pursuing their dreams. And so what's the best business advice you can give to our listeners? You know, I'm going to reiterate something your past podcasters have said, and it's because it's very true, and it's, it's do what you're passionate about because business is really hard. And if you're not passionate about it, it's really hard to get through those tough times, and um, that's the only thing that drives your creative process and allows you to go, you know, you're, I, I work constantly. I take it home with me every day. I think about it all the time. So um, if you're not passionate about it, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. And so what year did the Pros Closet start? Um, if kind of a blurry at, line, if, right? If you ask <laughs> the IRS, it's 2007, but I was, you know, slinging stuff on my own in Grand Junction, you know, probably for a couple of years before that, so 2005. Cool. And so before we uh, before we part ways here, um, where can our listeners find out uh, more about the Pros Closet, more about everything that you've got going on? Absolutely. Um, we're 100% online, so theprosclosetcom that will dive you into our ebay portal you can check out our museum there click on the museum links i encourage you to watch we've got a bunch of great videos um, we just came out with one from ross schaefer the founder of salsa which is one of my favorites watch that and um you can and check you can us out there come by in person and look at the bikes absolutely Are there hours for that um we're open um, monday through sunday the internet never sleeps um nine nine to six a.m and Come by, tour the shop anytime. We're a warehouse, but we are available to the public, and we'd love to give you a tour and show you our unique operation. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for uh, coming on, and uh, it's, I think it's lunchtime. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. Right. Lunch, lunchtime where, Michael? At Yellow Belly, Folsom and Arapaho, <laughs> Boulder, Colorado. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.